Hello and welcome to the Walk Podcast. My name is David Tiltman and today we are talking about how one company built a culture of creative effectiveness. And it's not just any company. In this case, it's Procter & Gamble. Uh, This episode is an interview by my colleague, Walk's Insight Director, Adi Kishore, uh, with David Grieber, who is Group Vice President of Global Brand Building Integrated Communications at Procter & Gamble. Basically, he's the person within P&G who tries to uh, join together the creative work they're doing with the sort of measurement and the effectiveness uh, uh, agenda they need to, to, to drive in order to produce growth. This interview took place in Cannes, as you will hear. And we wanted to speak to David and use that opportunity of, of, of getting him uh, on the spot in Cannes um, to reflect a new report we released at the festival. The report is called Building a Culture of Creative Effectiveness. It looks at how advertisers can build internal ways of working that help them invest in creativity, but, but to do so in a way that proves its payback to the business so really sort of uniting that sort of creative agenda with a with a strong effectiveness and and, and impactful agenda Procter & Gamble of course is one of the world's biggest and most consistently successful marketing organizations so you'd expect them to know a thing or two about harnessing the power of creativity and that's exactly David's job so in this interview he lifts the lifts the lid on some of P&G's approach to creative effectiveness how how they look at things uh, like uh, pre-testing and agency relationships uh, and what they really look for creativity and communications to deliver he also reveals some of the secrets of their continued success so without further ado it's over to Addy. David, thank you so much for joining us here today. I'm sure your schedule here at Cannes must be packed, so really appreciate you taking out the time. Oh, my pleasure. It is packed, but hey, I'm sitting here talking to you overlooking the gorgeous bay in Cannes, so like, life is good. Life is, is good. That is certainly true. I don't think you can beat, beat the view no, from a No, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. So let me sort of start off at kind of quite a high level, um, at the sort of start of everything. What set off the journey into creative effectiveness at your company? So, you know, PNG, it, it's funny. It, I'm going to f- slightly flip it to say that we've actually, it's not a journey we've just started. I feel like it's a journey that PNG has been on for many, many years, fortunately. I'm, I'm kind of lucky that I work for a company where creative effectiveness is held as a very important uh, bar. We believe in advertising. Uh, I mean, our first advertising was in the 1800s, just after we started. Um, we, we started measuring and tracking advertising as early as the 1920s. In fact, it's actually a as a fun, quick little story I'll tell, which is in the 1920s was also the first time that we let an agent, we parted ways with an agency, I'll say, uh, because their advertising was just not working for us. It wasn't as effective as it needed to be, 1920. And the delicious part of this story is that it was a company called Procter & Collier, which we can't know for sure, but it seems like they were relations to the Proctors that started this. So if that's true, we, we put creative effectiveness in front of family. So there you go. That sounds almost dramatic, but that's how much we believe in it. So it's been a journey for a long time. <laughs> that that certainly shows creative commitment. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, I think, you know, one of the issues that we have found in our research is that it's, it's tough getting the C-suite yeah. on board, but it sounds like that isn't really the issue. No, I mean, again, we are, I, I recognize we're lucky in that, but I mean, right through to John at the CEO level, obviously Mark at the uh, CMO level is just, 
there's a passionate belief in advertising, um, you know, so, and, and not just advertising, it's advertising effectiveness. We, we care very much about knowing if the advertising's working. We don't always get it right, but fortunately we don't have to convince too many people at PNG that advertising works and it can work. Uh, so we're quite disciplined on, on, on looking at maybe too disciplined at times. <laughs> Who sort of manages that? Who is the disciplinarian in that sense? Who owns responsibility for the kind of agenda and kind of rolls it out through the company or uh, manages it? That's, that's a good question. It's it's very much at the senior levels. And, and frankly, I think it has to be. So with any, it is worthwhile saying that each of our OUs or operating units, which is largely the categories, set their own agenda for creative effectiveness. Uh, but that happens at a very high level. So at very least the VP, the senior VP levels, they're the ones that are, you know, staying close to what's working uh, and, and, and investing behind the work that does work and pulling work that doesn't work. And so creativeness, creative effectiveness, craft really happens at our higher levels at the company and it has to. I mean, I think if you don't have the senior level folks behind this, it just does not happen. Um, but yeah, luckily we believe in it. And is there a sort of group that that kind of handles that? Like, uh, can you talk a little bit about your own role? Yeah, so I work in a thing called Brand Building Innovation and Communication or BBIC. Um, it's a, quite a mouthful for a, that's why we, we'll stick with BBIC. BBIC, craft, it's kind of like, let's go for short <laughs> and simple. So what we do is we're an organization that works um, directly on the businesses, helping improve creative quality. I mean, when, we, when we talk creative quality, we mean advertising that works. Uh, the creative effectiveness. And so we're very much uh, working with our brand partners to help them make the best advertising possible. But we're not alone in doing that. Obviously, we work with our CMK folks, our market research folks, uh, A&I folks, the brand folks who are all got a, we've all got a vested interest in, in tracking the advertising that's working and setting it up for success. And so it's really a bit of a team. Uh, so there's, it's not like there's one person that says, right, I'm in charge of creative effectiveness. It's, it's something that we all, it's almost kind of just organic for us that we, that we believe in this, you know what I mean? So, and you know, we do invest a lot of money in advertising, so we got to know that it works. Um, so, but it's look right through the highest levels. And I mean, we've just come from Mark talking about resetting the bar and uh, just down in, in Lumiere. And he's again, talking about the fact that it's about uh, creativity that grows categories, that grows businesses. And you have to be able to measure that that happens. So everybody's on board. So that's a, that's a good point that you've sort of mentioned in, in terms of measures. Like what kind of metrics do you use to measure the impact of creativity at, at a campaign level or, you know, in terms of brand effects, but then also, you know, for the business in terms of how that, that creativity is driving ad success, which then in turn is driving business growth or outcomes, revenue, sales, et cetera. Look, we, we we have a number of measures that I would be very surprised if they're any different to what a lot of other brands are using. So we look at obviously sales lift. We look at where we're looking at whether or not um, some things like likability, brand fit, all those classic metrics. We'll do a lot of pre-testing. We'll do a lot of post-testing as well. And we're looking to see uh, on short term, is it building the business? Is it growing sales? Is it attracting new users? But we also look at the equity impact as well. So if, if, if Pampers is all about superior leakage protection, 
is superior leakage protection growing as an association in consumers' minds over time? Now, that there's always a bit of a lag on that one, so we we recognise that. But um, we, uh, we PNG will never be accused of undermeasuring. Okay, we tend to <laughs> we tend to measure a lot, um, both both pre and post post, and then both short term and over over the long term. And luckily, we've got a lot of great. Um, a and I folks that can kind of help us work that through, but yeah, we take it very seriously. And the other thing is, it's got to be a loop. It's got to be a feedback loop. So it can't just be like, ah, oh, this piece of communications working or not working. You know, we'll we'll keep investing or we'll pull it. It's got to be like, okay, if it's not working, why is it not working? What can we learn from that one? And you have to have that. I mean, it's kind of obvious, but you have to have that feedback loop that's going back and informing the work, uh, informing the agency, informing the people that work on it. So we build up a body of knowledge. Uh, you know, my department plays a role in that, um, and we build up this body of knowledge of what works. I mean, we, we even will often create uh, training modules of of certain you know, baby care advertising that works or dish care advertising that works, and it's it's exactly what it sounds like. It's advertising for that category that's proven to work over time, and what can we learn from that? So, yeah, we measure a lot of stuff, but we keep the feedback loop, and you learn. And is that quite sort of heavily oriented or significantly oriented towards things like econometrics and MMM? Or yes, so uh, that's a part of the story. That's a part of what we're tracking, and we do MMM studies every every six to twelve months or so, looking at the more macro level. But we also look at the individual pieces of communication and see how each is going. But whether it be film work that we're doing, whether it's uh, online, I mean, luckily, luckily, it becomes very easy to to track stuff. I mean. Uh, and our big thing is we want to be able to track what's working short term, but also long term. I mean, it can be a real mistake to say, oh, like sales popped this week, so therefore this must be awesome advertising. Well, I think we all know the whole long and the short of a discussion, not necessarily just because something is working short term doesn't mean it's great for the business. And that's where it becomes the, you know, that's why equity measures come into play. And then just long term, you know, is the market growing long term? Is the brand growing long term, not just getting short term spikes? So we look at it. Quite comprehensively. Absolutely. So let's sort of, okay, we've, we've talked about metrics. Let's talk about measuring creativity specifically. Mm. Now, I heard you guys have a, a sort of a palm as a metaphor for creative assessment. Can you uh, talk the, about that? The, a bit? the infamous hand. <laughs> um, look, I, I can't go too deeply into this one, but it's not so much a measuring tool as much as a mnemonic to help people remember what makes for good advertising. And, you know, I mean, the funny thing is, I, I often feel like if everybody, understood my understood my job i'd be out of a job and what i mean by that is that advertising at the end of the day is not too difficult okay and that might sound provocative but at the end of the day when you have communication that touches the consumer's heart when you have advertising that keeps the brand at the center of the storytelling when you have advertising that is simple when you have advertising that that disrupts you've got a greater chance of success. And the hand device is simply a way to remember it. You know, we use things like the thumb as a way to, like as if I'm hitchhiking, it's getting attention. I use little fingers like, hey, that reminds you of simplicity. And then the, the ring finger reminds you of making that emotional connection with consumers because, you know, I've been, I'm a man who's been luckily married for many, many, many years to a great lady. And the ring finger reminds me of that love connection. So it's a admittedly fairly corny way of just remembering some of those basics of communication and uh, and you know those basics don't go out of fashion and they they don't cease being effective so no that's the, i mean it, it, you know across the board when we've looked at, at at brands that have found sort of success along you know pushing mm. their craft agenda 
a lot of the tools that they use are actually quite simple. Oh, super simple. I mean, they're super simple. That's, I, I think we often think that it's more complicated than it needs to be. But I think, I think Cref is simply about saying, not just do I have interesting creativity, but do I have inter- interesting creativity that is working? And how do I know it's working? But we'll nearly always go back and realize that we kind of know what works. You know, I, nobody in this industry is going to sit there going like, I'm going to make the most complicated piece of advertising that has nothing to do with the brand and, and really is as boring as anything. I'm really confident it's going to work. You know what I mean? Nobody's doing that. And we see this beautiful work here in Cannes and you realize oh, that's the type of stuff that can change categories, grow businesses. What's your thinking around pre-testing? Do you do, you do much of it across? Do we do much of it? Yes, we absolutely do a lot of it. I mean, I'm laughing a little bit because um, I at times I think we do too much. Okay, I'll, I'll put it out there. Uh, I think that what can uh, – so we do a lot. That's the short answer. You know, it's worthwhile thinking about also, well, how do you do it in a way that's helpful? Because one of the – tension points I see with a lot of pre-testing is people almost, it's a, it's a safety blanket. Okay. And it's a, a binary no-go decision. It's like, oh, I didn't test well. So therefore, oh, this is bad. I, I must tell myself this is bad work and I'll walk away from it. And I think that's a bad use of pre-testing. I think smart use of pre-testing is finding out what's working or what's not working. And if you believe in the work, lean into it and say, right, how do I make this better? And we've been doing um, a lot more work on using AI to do pre-testing. And you know, I, I won't go into deep de- details of that, but suffice to say, we're able to do, you know, get to consumers faster and cheaper and cycle, just fast cycle learning on, on advertising. And that's been a game changer because you're starting to see people say like, okay, you know, if I'm doing a, I'm making this up a $45,000 pre-test, I'm not going to do many of those. But if I do a pre-test for like a 10th of that or whatever, suddenly people go, okay, I've learned this. Now I can make some changes and then I can try that again and see how that goes. And it gives people a lot more confidence. So we do a lot of ad testing, um, but my, my, plea to all my colleagues um, back at the ranch is to always use it as an aid to judgment. Don't use it as a red light, green light. Use it as an aid to your judgment and be human when you look at the work. And I suppose part of that is is communication and, and, and training within yep. within the organization. Uh, my understanding is that, again, P&G has this long-standing, long-standing. communication yeah. seminar, yes. which is like a, a, a major... It's a rite of passage at Procter & Gamble. <laughs> exactly. It's the communication seminar. Yeah, we've been running it for about 40 years. I will tell you the content has changed. It's worthwhile <laughs> saying. Um, yeah, it's, it's training where we take you folks in the organization, maybe a year or so into the company, and it's a five... That, that seminar is a five-day intensive course. Three of them are focused on drama and idea. Two of them are focused on their role in the production process of work. Uh, and, you know, there's a bit of theory there. We take them through, here's what effective advertising looks like. Not not on a category by category basis, but just in general. Here's what makes for great creativity. Here's how you work with your agencies. Here's how you... Um, Here's how you grow brands through advertising. Here's what creative effectiveness looks like. Looks like, and then we do a lot of role plays. It's basically nearly five days of role plays where we use real cases that we know have either worked or not worked. The stu- the the students pr- practice presenting as agencies and then reacting to them as as everything from new hires through to the mm, senior VPs on the business, and they they 
get fast cycle practice at reacting to advertising in the raw, and it's it's great. It's a great course. I mean, I when I first when I first did it back in Sydney too many years ago, I remembered sitting there thinking, "Oh my gosh, this is the job I want to do. I want to do this job." So I get to do advertising all day. What's not to love? Yeah, that's certainly true. Uh, the most fun you can have with other people's money is that. Yes. <laughs> I love that. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Although, you, yeah, I suppose I, I, I was taught that uh, on the agency side. Right. So yeah, really yeah, yeah, that's right. Hey, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> no, but I think it's true. You get. I mean, gosh, we we're, we're in a job where we get to create. And you get to be a part, get to be a part of that creative process. You also get to grow brands and get to build something, and you get to work with your partners at the agency. I mean, look, I, I, I'm I'm lucky to do the job I do. So, speaking of agencies, um, what how do you, how do you sort of work with your agencies again to push that craft agenda? So they're very much a part of the whole story, and not just a part of. Obviously, they're part of the creative development process, but they see I, I, we're we're kind of lucky. They see themselves as part of developing advertising that works and, and it is clearly effective. And it's a, again, it's a feedback loop. So whatever we learn, at least this is how it should be on all the businesses, whatever we learn on the business about what's working and not work or is not working gets fed back into the agency. The agencies are there with, with us when we're talking to consumers. They're at the table when um, pre-testing results are shared or in-market results are gained. They're part of the process. So they're kind of an extension of extension of us, uh, I think, and I think that's critical. And ideally, the creative partners as well, not just the accountant strategic planners. It's I think it's best when the creative partners are at the table with us saying, right, okay, I'm hearing what the consumers are saying. How do we make this better? Or, hey, this has worked. I'm glad. Let's double down on that. So um, they're, they're very much a part of the journey. Yeah, that's certainly something we've heard from a number of sort of leading brands when, it's, when it comes to craft for creative effectiveness. This idea that the agency you know, really needs to be brought into the process. They really need to, they need to be a part of they that. They have to be part of it. I think if you try to do it separate to them, I think if you try to do it separate from them, you're separating the effectiveness from the creativity and you're treating them as two streams. This is my creative work and this is my effectiveness, but that's crazy. It's there together. I mean, you're, you're talking craft and that's the smushing together of the two. You have to sue them together. So. I mean, looking back, you, you sort of referred to this and you've, you've implicitly sort of said this, but how, how has creative effectiveness really helped brands? Like, have you seen kind of a direct kind of oh, impact? Ab- on- oh, absolutely. I mean, look, every single one of us can tell stories of being on businesses where when we got the advertising right, the business just goes up. And, you know, we're, we're big believers. It takes, when we talk about superior communications, which is one of the big things we track and measure at Pantanshi is one of our kind of big vectors of superiority. That's got two elements, creative and media. Okay. Creative means it's, it's high quality, it's working. And the media is at sufficiency. When you've got that, when you've got good advertising at sufficient media, it works. I mean, we see this time and time again. So you, and you, that's again, you, you don't have to convince too many people um, at PNG to, to lean into that. Now I will tell you, if you go back 2008, okay. Uh, when the first, not first of, you know, when the economic crisis hit back in the 2008, there was a lot of, you know, cutting back. It's like, Oh, people were scared to do advertising. We kind of pulled back our media spend. We didn't invest in as much, et cetera. And we paid for that as a company. We paid for that. Our businesses were not growing for multiple years. Most recently in the you know, very difficult times we've all been going through, 
most of our brands have been doubling down on advertising, not, not pulling back because we know it works. It doesn't just protect your business through a difficult time. It grows the business. And um, we just we lean into it. So, yeah, every, everybody knows advertising that works. You, everybody knows advertising works. In fact, I think if you tried to convene a meeting of Procter & Gamble people who don't believe in the power of creativity, you'd be kind of like drinking punch on your own. It's pretty um, pretty lonely. So. It's interesting just listening to you. I'm I'm hearing sort of advertising almost used synonymously with creativity. Oh, interesting. That's probably a personal bias because my space is in the advertising world surrounding brands. But it's worthwhile saying if you talk to like our design partners about the role of creativity and packaging, they'd go, oh, absolutely. I mean, our contingent here at PNG, uh, our PNG contingent here at CAN includes design folks, includes BBRC folks, includes brand folks. Uh, and they will absolutely talk about the power of creativity there. If you talk to our R&D folks, I mean, they believe in creative thinking and coming up with new products and advancing our products. So I think it's probably more a personal bias that's just coming from my world. So there you go. So thank you for opening up my mind. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, one of, one of the things that has come up in this research is the idea of um, pushing a CREF agenda, which is mm. you know fundamentally built around advertising, uh, outside the marketing team. So looking at, you know, innovation teams, looking at customer experience teams, things yeah. like that, and sort of seeing, can the same framework potentially help them as well? I think it probably can. I mean, it's interesting. We've got f some of our leads of our key retail partners here with us in can, like as part of the delegation. So I, I think you're right. I think it can play a role. Uh, I think it takes believing in creativity and believing in the power of creativity to actually build businesses. And once you get that in the blood every people are nodding their heads you know and things like can help that process so for sure yeah it's nice to sort of showcase some of that some mm. of that creativity so last question for you david any suggestions any advice for other folks that are going down this journey maybe at an earlier stage i think for kind of my fellow advertisers um what i would say is see see creative effectiveness as a feedback loop i think that's the key thing to me that it's not just a case of like did this thing work or did this not thing or did this not work see it as a means to continually improve your communication over time uh, and if you go in and see it that way you realize it's got a very long lasting impact it's not just it's not you you it breaks you out of the short termism and it kind of says creative effectiveness is a long term investment in the brand because it's only going to make our work better and so that would be my thing. Just realize it's, a, it's, it's, it's not linear. It's a, it's a circle. It's a feedback circle. I think also if I had to give some advice to um, our agency partners in this, and I don't mean P&G's agency partners because we've, we've got agency partners who are they're fully invested in this. We often talk about ourselves as being in a creative business, but I think we have to start saying we are in an effective creativity business. It's not just creativity for the sake of creativity. And sometimes, we, and I mean, I'm the first person to see some amazing stuff that just completely touches my heart. But if it doesn't actually grow the businesses, um, brands aren't going to invest in them. And I think increasingly so. So I'd say to the advertising community is like, be on this journey of creative effectiveness, effectiveness with us. This is a effective creativity industry, not just a creativity industry, if that makes sense. 
That sounds probably terribly melodramatic, but... No, it sounds brilliant. Uh, thanks so much, David. Appreciate your time and uh, uh, it's, com- it's coming and share insights. It's fun to talk about this stuff. We get to talk about advertising. What's, what's not to love? And I get a free glass of water in the process. So life is good. So a big thank you to David Griebert of P&G and thank you to Adi Kishore of Walk as well. Now, we'll be producing some more of these interviews uh, on the back of the white paper we've launched. So look out for them in the in the coming weeks and months Uh, and of course we'll be back next time on the walk podcast if you don't already do so then please do subscribe on your podcasting platform of choice and if you really like what you hear then do leave us a review until next time thanks for listening